0: Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. I faced it all and I stood tall and
1: did it my way. This is, once again, Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the grateful host of this program and the owner of KAAM Radio, God Country, Texas, 770. K-Double-A-M, and I'm sitting with my attorney, who should be your attorney, estate planning attorney, Dallas Elder Law attorney. Michael Cohen, hello, sir. Hello, Don. How you doing? All right. Happy April to you. You too. Yes, thank you. Um, today, I'm going to grab the steering wheel and not let you call the shots today, oh, although- okay. You t- once you grab the steering wheel, then I can just sit back and have my cigar and listen to you the entire show because, one, you don't read anything. Two, you know this stuff like the back of your hand. Do you know the back of your hand very well? He's looking at the <laughs> back of his hand now. <laughs> I think, what is that? I <laughs> but uh, he really knows this stuff. And so I'm just going to, I'm not going to sandbag him here because he know, he knows kind of what's coming. I just mm-hmm. haven't really given him the answers. But okay, well, I, I, I read a lot. Florida. I travel a lot because of the radio stations I have to oversee in California, Colorado, Texas, New York, etc. Very blessed to do that after 31 years. But I'm also on the road a lot, so I read. And Wall Street Journal had an article uh, in February, and it asked, "How often do you recommend we should review or considering?" Or consider revising our state plan or wills. And I read the first line. I said, wow, listen to that. And I don't think my, my dear friend and attorney would necessarily agree. But anyway, the article starts, Michael, and says, A good rule of thumb is to review your plans and documents every three to five years, says James Miller, president of Woodward Financial Advisors in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Of course, various events and milestones in people's lives also could trigger revisions. Among them, says Mr. Miller, birth of a child or grandchild. Minor children turning age 18 or going to college, speaking of your daughter looking at schools next month. Children getting married, new charitable intents, death of a spouse, signs of dementia, other cognitive issues. So let me first circle back right then and there and ask you, three to five years, really? Well, I I guess,
2: okay, so if somebody asks me that question, the answer really kind of varies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually the younger you are, the let the the more time before you need to review okay. a lot of times, but uh-huh. um, and the older you are, so I have a little bit different answer than what they than the Wall Street Journal's. Uh, whatever that person mm-hmm. had been indica- indicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the older you are, I think it may even be every year. And and the reason is is that you're more likely for disability. You know, you mentioned as one of those things about dementia, uh, but there's also lots of other reasons. A lot of times we – in fact, we even have – annual maintenance meetings for people who do various plans if they so desire so that we meet every year. And the reason for that is because not only uh, there's lots of different things that could occur. Uh, First of all, relationships may change. Sometimes people get married. Sometimes people get divorced. Sometimes people cohabitate. Sometimes people um, become disabled. Sometimes people – so your health may change. Uh, It could be, oh, we've just been diagnosed with some – Disease, Uh, Whether it's some sort of dementia or Parkinson's (laughs) or cancer or whatever, Uh, it could be that uh, not only does health change, relationship change, maybe your money changed. Maybe there was a a dip in the stock market and your assets are not what they once were. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's been something, some world event that's occurred. Uh, that could
1: those things happen of course from time to time they mentioned money too on the flip side you sell a business or inherit in a substantial amount of money for example yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then and so
2: then what is your planning <laughs> that you do for taxes or for other reasons may have changed uh, the laws change all the time so this year for example uh, we on things that we even did last year a lot of times, and I'll give you an an example of, a, uh, for some people, what we've done um, is that, okay, so IRAs, we, we may have talked, we talked about at the very beginning of the year about the SECURE Act. Now, the SECURE Act is an act where one of the main problems with the SECURE Act is that if your children, let's say, are your beneficiary, that prior to January 1st of 2020, the child could stretch out the inherited IRA over their life expectancy. Thus, the money grows tax deferred. Well, the law changed on January 1st, and unless you fit five different um, exceptions, a surviving spouse who could do a rollover, uh, a child who's a minor under 18, now, we're not talking about grandchildren, but a child, uh, a disabled individual, uh, or a chronically ill individual, or somebody that's less than 10 years of age indifference, if you don't with those five exceptions, then which are considered what they call eligible designated beneficiaries under the law, then now you have to take out your IRA within 10 years. So that means that uh, you're going to get the child is going to be taxed quicker, Uh, they're going to be paying their taxes because now you have to take it out within 10 years. Uh, This may put them in a higher tax bracket, usually often during their higher peak years of earnings. They're, let's say the parent is in their 70s or 80s and they're in their 50s, mm-hmm. and then if they inherit <laughs> an IRA, then all of a sudden they're going to be at a higher tax rate, which may increase your Medicare uh, B premiums or D, Is there Social Security could be changed, uh, all these different adverse impact. So what can you do? Well, and and what we did before is a lot of times you had IRAs go into different types of trust to still have the stretch, yet protect that child from creditors or bad marriages or spouses remarrying. Now, in Texas, an IRA, inherited IRA, has credit protection, but we're in the minority of states Mm -hmm. on that. But so sometimes we would name, I'll call it the IRA trust, as the beneficiary, and we would still have that language for stretch, but when on January first they change that language, there's no longer that stretch you have to take out over ten years. So we we briefly mentioned this. I think it was in last week's show, or maybe it was a couple weeks. I can't remember. But the so sometimes people say, well, gee, I would like I don't want my child to have that all go to them so quickly. A, they may be there may be some uh, issues if they distributed it out. Then it might be that there is either a spendthrift or have a bad marriage or whatever. And uh, and I don't want that tax. I don't want that tax to be affect them as much. I'd rather them get the money over a law and still be able to stretch. So some people are now doing if they ha, if they're charitably inclined. So let's say you normally tithe or uh, maybe give to your church or whatever or charity favorite charity. So you could do a trust, a what's called a charitable remainder trust, where whoever it is. Uh, uh, depending on when you give it to them, you know when it happens. Uh, let's say for the children, where they have that income stream during their life, but the the charity gets, let's say, ten percent. After the child dies So they, so it could go So we actually tell people to do uh, We often tell them, Let's say let's get with your financial advisor To see what the uh, impact would be How much will you end up having at the end And what's your Of course this is only if you're terribly inclined, But maybe you just want to see That it comes out with a better tax result sure. And so the, this is just an example Of what's a change in the law in 2020 That wasn't that way in 2020 So we may have done a will or a trust last year that somebody may want to change because of the tax law change. And so who's to say in this election? Will the estate tax law change? I don't know. There are certain candidates that want a much lower threshold. Sure do. Uh, Right now, the estate tax limit in Texas follows the feds is eleven million five hundred eighty thousand. Some candidates uh, want a three million dollar threshold, which maybe I know it sounds like a lot to a lot of people, but Mm -hmm. and it it is. And most people don't have that size of estate. But when you start thinking about life insurance, even if it's term life insurance that has, let's say, you had five hundred thousand million dollar term life insurance policy mm-hmm. that even if you you can't cash it in, if you died, it could be part of your estate mm-hmm. if you consider it your home, an IRA or 401k, and things may add up quicker than you realize. Yeah. So if that happens, then all of a sudden there's now state tax issues that we have to consider. So if 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 you know different candidates have different suggestions, and so then it gets to be, well, Um, who is going to be elected and what will that be an impact on us and does that matter to you? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, And so... Um, Because laws change. It's not just the federal tax laws. It could be state laws. Sometimes there are state laws that, um, you know, Mm -hmm. there might be changes to, like, uh, things that you could do or put in your wills or perhaps in your trust or perhaps in your power of attorney. Or maybe there's different language or maybe different things are covered. Maybe things that we have to think about, things change over time. Maybe there's more digital assets. People have more online accounts. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have uh, more – people. People have accounts like Facebook or Twitter, uh, and and we didn't think about that. There wasn't really Facebook or Twitter that we thought about uh, maybe not too long ago, and now there's cultural changes. And so because our culture changes, our laws, state laws, it could be Medicaid. Let's say that you don't have long-term care insurance. And, oh, the laws now, they've now determined that an IRA, if you're over – uh, 72, and I suppose now because the IRA language has changed, that you don't have to take distributions until you're 72, and that's another part of that law that we just talked about that's, that's changed. Uh-huh. To say now, if you have an RMD required minimum distribution, that it doesn't count as a resource, but will 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 treat the income uh, if you should ever need long-term care? Well, these are just a few things to say show you that laws change. It could be it could be government benefits laws. Mm-hmm. It could be tax laws it could be state laws and it, not to mention what happens if your health changes if your money may change the stock market goes up and down mm-hmm. it could be uh, or relationship change. oh my son got divorced I don't want uh, his wife to be the guard uh, the, to be in charge of his trust mm-hmm. the way I had originally set it up if he had predeceased me and they were uh, too young to handle their money so have things changed in life? Maybe, maybe there was a child that was born out of a relationship that we did not know about. Mm-hmm. Maybe things have, and these things are. It may be some people may not want to hear these things, but in the real world, in my world, I see what really happens, and so um, uh, it's just it's just part of life. And so we have to think relationships change. Sometimes people get divorced. Sometimes they get married. Sometimes they, you know, quite frankly, cohabitate. Sometimes they – some things happen. Uh, Money changes, health changes, law changes. So the older we are, though, the more likelihood of disability. So on those people, uh, we often recommend uh, annually. But if they're younger, usually uh, it's it's not as often because there's – uh, but but still relationships can change health can change money can change and of course the laws can change
1: and that's the whole point uh of basically simulating a workshop question for Michael or even simulating a vision meeting question because, as you could tell by his answer, and he even knew what I was going to ask him, and producer T.R. and I went out for sushi and came back uh, <laughs> um, because we knew the answer was going to be so long. Um, and I there' a word uh, But he, word. he knows the stuff so well, and he can say it literally in his sleep, he probably does say it in his sleep, and his wife probably wants to kill him each time. But uh, his point is that you've got to be flexible. And one way the article says to keep plans flexible is the prudent use of beneficiary designations, which Michael's talked about many times over the years. So let's say you wish to leave $10,000 to your nephew. You can, of course, include this bequest in your will. But if circumstances change, your lawyer would need to modify your paperwork or... And this is interesting, Michael. You would name the nephew as a partial beneficiary of a retirement account. This involves a little more than filling out a beneficiary designation form and adjusting the percentage the nephew would receive as the situation warrants. The cost to the client nothing. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that's true, but there are some things that you, I think that we need to clarify.
1: Okay, more sushi, Tiara, we're <laughs> out of here. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, because sometimes, you know, we talked about, just like, on, for example, on that beneficiary designation, well, we talked about that there were some from five exceptions. You would want to make sure that if there's one that could have a stretch that fits with one of those five categories, that they get their stuff separated so that they could do a stretch where the others might not. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is, like, if you put it in your will, let's say that $10,000 in your will, what happens if you used up all your money, and that first, there's only $10,000 left? Okay, well, did that, is that what you wanted that that person get, and instead of, you you thought that you had all this money, but you lost it in the stock market, or something like that, and you said, oh, I want my niece to get $10,000, and everything else goes to my uh, my my spouse or family, and you thought that the spouse and family was going to get everything, but your specific bequest said $10,000. Uh, well, that uh, that may have been a problem. That may not have been what you desired. Right. So that gets into that beneficiary designation, but then again, on the beneficiary designation, it fails to consider that bad things can happen to the beneficiary. Does it matter to you that if they were inherited that and they had become disabled, that they lose their public benefits? Does it matter to you that they may have died and you got to change that beneficiary designation does it matter to you that that um, person has uh, whatever it could be it could be a lack of capacity it could be a creditor issue it could be a marital issue it could be premature death it could be any number of things so uh, one thing that people fail to do a lot of times is change that beneficiary designation when things change as well Mm -hmm. or they forget about it so even if they have uh, let's say they had a will or a trust they don't recognize the fact that the beneficiary designation supersedes the will or trust right so so another part of planning is to look at those beneficiary designations to make sure that things haven't changed
1: good point says lastly in the same vein and this i know you wanted to talk about anyway consider using a transfer on death deed or a revocable living trust both of which can help. How, yeah, how would you yeah, address that? Yeah, we talked about that in
2: a prior show uh, just in, I think it was in March. But the the bottom line is is that sometimes you could do a transfer on debt deed. But we talked about uh, recently that sometimes title companies might not recognize it. Uh, sometimes that the title issues only go to the one that you inherited from. Uh, Or not inherited You got the property from Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes Of course With a a transfer on death deed At least in Texas You cannot execute Through a power of attorney Uh, Sometimes uh, Title companies Are fearful That uh, people Will It was uh, Obtained through fraud And that they may make you wait For a couple years Uh, So a transfer on death deed Could could be fine. to And, and actually, that's why Texas uh, passed transfer on death deeds is because of title company nightmares, and there was a lot of people who were not having wills. Particularly, this was in in Texas. They did a survey, uh, and it was in South Texas in particular. There were, there were a lot of issues. And so after they did the survey, uh, they did permit the um, provision for in 2015, on September 1st 2015, that we allowed uh, transfer on death deeds. And actually, now you could do um, transfer on death uh, beneficiaries of your car as well, mm-hmm. and that became effective. Uh, well, they came up with the form on May 18, thousand eighteen. So the so yes, you can do those things, but then again, you also always have to on any beneficiary designation, you have to consider uh, what's the what's the story of, with the beneficiary, and but a revocable trust is actually usually better uh, because you could avoid not only. Uh, what happens when you die, but also if you are alive, uh, it it protects against disability. Transfer on death is only what happens when you die. Got it. Uh, So uh, here, you you know, so a revocable trust does a lot of other things that perhaps a transfer on death deed doesn't do or an enhanced life estate doesn't do, but we look at each individual situation. Uh, A few weeks ago in March, we talked about the story where we did uh, recommend beneficiary designations and either a transfer on death deed or a Lady Bird deed and enhanced life estate deed as part of the plan. So the mm-hmm. exact same thing that we actually talked about uh, sometime in March, uh, that was some what, what, the topic of one of our shows. And so we do use that. But generally, it's a good idea to have a trust, if you, depending on the fractional situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. Um, I don't have to say a word. You heard it all right from the attorney's mouth as to how complicated and detailed um, these matters can be. And uh, I, I've asked Michael this numerous times, but how often are you able to see something in someone's estate plan during those vision meetings where you would deem it ancient, um, dangerous, um, or just needs to be amended for whatever reasons? And Michael said, essentially, every time I'll find something not to find it but just because he knows they're at risk and vulnerable is that accurate well i mean it's it, there's always okay since we said that laws change mm-hmm.
2: relationship change, money changes health changes and culture changes that generally if the you know As we were saying earlier, you know, the laws just change even all the time. So we have to at least go over the options and see if it's something that concerns you. Mm -hmm. Does it concern you that your IRA is going to be taken out within 10 years for your beneficiary if they're a child or whomever? Maybe, maybe not, Mm -hmm. but at least you have to know what the law is to see if it's something that bothers you or not. Mm -hmm. And if you're uh, in – or perhaps if you're – you know, you didn't have any kind of planning for digital assets and you haven't – You know, if there's an issue with passwords or things like that, that you say, "Oh, gee, I didn't think about that." Facebook wouldn't take down my loved one's uh, Facebook page after they died. Does that bother you? Maybe not, but but we at least have to talk about the fact that things change in life, and as we uh, continue to age and live longer, we see continuous changes. And so, whether it be in your health or otherwise, and so. Uh, usually there's something that has to be addressed. Sometimes people just don't know. Oh, I didn't realize that Medicare didn't cover long-term care. Maybe I didn't realize that
1: this would have this impact tax-wise. Or I read on Google that when I Googled the issue... And I read this, and it looked like I was fine. That's insane. Yeah,
2: no. And, and, and you see a lot of times people just do that. And remember, things are different from state to state. So you might read something that somebody wrote in a different state that may be applicable there, but it's not applicable here. Great point. And so the problem is a lot of times when people try to do surgery on themselves, uh, that's usually when you get cut.
1: Yeah, Janet Reno All the way back last month, we talked about her situation in Turney. I I got this covered, and little did she know, because she passed away, but it created a lot of problems, it looked like, for her family. And they got it worked out, it looks like, in the end. But... Goodness no, gracious. Not through, without litigation. Yeah, tons of litigation, I guess, attorney's fees and everything else. So Michael wants you to avoid those attorney's fees and litigation and probate and all the other messy things that can happen. You really don't want that. It's worse. It's bad enough when someone passes away uh, to, to allow these things to kick in and cause all these problems, headaches, nightmares, and sleepless nights. Prevent them. And I highly suggest there's really one Sush- solution to all of this, one panacea. Attend the next workshop. That is on Saturday, April the 11th at 10 o'clock in the morning and you get to attend to the workshops are at the intersection of 75 and 635 right off of is a Forest the Forest Lane exit yeah, it's, near, it's near Medical City Hospital Medical City Hospital right there it's in Michael's office building second floor is it memory uh, serves yeah, second yeah. floor that's the conference um, center Yeah. and you attend with about 30 other people or so it's usually standing room only for these the last two have quote sold out even though they're free and um, you get to attend with one or two significant others and ask Michael questions during the workshop it's not a seminar where they force feed you all this information and you fall asleep after the first hour (laughs) it's very interactive and it's very fascinating to hear what others are going through and the questions that that they ask relative to their circumstances and michael answers them writes them on the board Uh, after he does it um, he gives you solutions and ideas general ones but again that allows you then to move on to the vision meetings which are after those workshops
2: yeah if you go to the Free estate planning essentials workshop where you get to ask whatever questions are on your mind to protect yourself and your loved ones. Uh, you also, only if you go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, we give you the option to go to uh, a free vision meeting. So in other words, you get three free hours of legal education uh, without any obligation. How
1: long have you been doing that now where you do the uh, workshop since, and the vision meeting?
2: Uh uh-huh, Since December 2012.
1: 12, so seven, eight years now where that step-by-step process really works well for you and the clients. Yeah,
2: yeah. We, it, I, You know, I didn't realize that it would be so popular, but uh, the proof is in the pudding mm-hmm. that now, you know, our workshops often have oversold, as they say, even though it's free, like you say. So we usually have a waiting list. So mm-hmm. if you are interested in going to that free estate planning essentials workshop, just call 214-720-0102, 214 720 one hundred and two, or sign up at DallasElderLawyer.com com because we do fill up. Pretty quickly. And so, you know, it, it is good to yeah. sign up at your earliest convenience if you're interested.
1: And it just occurred to me that um, tax season right around the corner. Yeah. And that yeah.
2: definitely relates to everything you talk about in every show. Yeah. So there might be some tax issues that we might be discussing that somebody might be discussing uh, at that particular one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I, it's, I have no idea what the questions are going to be. He will tell you
1: he's not a financial planner. That's right, for sure.
2: Right, 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 right. No. So, like we talked about in this show earlier, when we talked about the doing the calculations to see if it was better on the IRA for a charitable remainder trust for uh, a, a child or whomever, we said, you know, go to your advisor and do the calculations mm-hmm. and see... Uh, we'll see if it's something that's A consideration in that case It was only if you're charitably inclined right. Or generally when you're charitably inclined But the bottom line is uh, No, we're trying Estate planners do the documents The financial planners think about uh, What's, you know, how you invest That's good And okay. so so everybody It's, it's a team effort for, mm-hmm. on anything uh, There's the accountants that you mentioned For April 15th mm-hmm. uh, The uh, financial advisors Who tell you how to invest Or what's best for you Or determined on when you take some security or whatever, and then the estate planners draft the documents, whether it be a will or a trust or a power of attorney, whatever the document may may be that suits your
1: needs. But they do work hand-in-hand to a great degree, which is good. Uh, But sign up for that workshop as soon as possible. Uh, Dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to Dallas, elderlawyer.com dallas ElderLawyer.com. it's michael's website he's got his newsletter on there download the podcast if you miss part of the program or you want to share it with somebody else or you want to just archive it for future purposes and then with Michael with 90 seconds left how often do your clients have their estates reviewed typically well the
2: older they are it's annually mm-hmm. but okay. if they're younger then they probably don't review it for maybe that, you know, they've mentioned three to five years where, you know, a lot of times it's a good five years if not longer. Okay. The average American really doesn't review their estate plan for every 18 years. Okay. Uh, as what the statistics show. Oh, my. Yeah. And so it's really kind of funny because we had um, – uh, we have a lady who works at our office as an office manager who's now 92 years old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and we oh. had done a will in 18 years ago for a particular client. And my secretary, who was with me at that time then, too, um, the person came in 18 years later, and I told them, uh, since the office manager had notarized the will and my secretary had was one of the witnesses to the will, I said, look, all the people that you mentioned that were here uh, eight, were here 18 years ago. I said, however, I'm not sure if that office manager, who's 92, uh, will be willing to sign that or notarize that again from 18 years from now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Great information today, Michael. Thank you so much. Sign up for that April 11th workshop today go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you.